Love this podcast? Support this show through the supporter feature from Acast. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Macro point in Dublin, yeah. uh, and I and I used to go quality uh, craft beer down here yeah. in Waterford. So I think for, for that year you get a you get a little chunk of souvenir and all. Uh, a discount off merchandise. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so then we also have a well on here, uh, which is ten dollars a month. So for that um, you get all. So for each of them. Like, it's a complete additive thing, so you're just going to get an extra thing per service. But for this one, you get to pick a topic on the show. Um, for our polluted tier, which is $20 and a 
Um, oh, we have a welcome pack. A welcome, a welcome pack, yeah, a welcome yeah, pack that so we send a couple of cans out here. Send a couple of cans out and then you get to pick a topic. A couple of cans of, uh, of beer that has been featured on the podcast at some stage. But, dog's tears. The mother of all tears. The mother of all tears, which is $50 a month, right? Sounds pricey, but you get fucking... All of the below. All of the below, you get like we will probably have sex with you <laughs> probably we're not saying definitely it's not a contract if you pay it if we're not entering into a legally binding contract to say that we will but for that you get all of the blows so you get the uh, welcome key ring shout out pick a topic and all, all the other benefits that you get uh, discount on merchant snowcast merchandise should be coming soon uh, we've, we've, we're working on some of that actually there's some interesting developments there this week and also you get to appear on the snowcast and, and on a pub crawl with us go on absolute razzados for $50 a month uh, we, we think it's money well spent but yeah we understand like that that oh whatever suits your budget and if your budget at the moment is that you, you don't have anything to support the snowcast with you can still support us by listening, sharing, liking, subscribing, five star reviews on iTunes. But please, if you have the price of a cup of coffee a month, less than it, two dollars a month, give us great. And if you have a few more pounds and you think it's well worth it, fuck it, we'll take it. Yeah. And even if, like, even like, even if, even if two dollars yeah. is too much, I think Patreon will level up to a dollar yeah. a month uh, uh, payment. So like, or a minimum of a dollar. And, and the other thing as well is this, this support isn't funding us drinking that's not what it is at all I mean like, mm. indirectly it is but it, it, like if, if we do get the more support we get the better guests we can get on the show the more places we are able to go to visit to get the more interesting places to have a drink and bring more a more diverse show to you and also then we're going to be able to do a little bit more around uh, quicker produce productions maybe even more shows in the week and develop our videos a bit more so uh, there's so much to offer from the Snowcast again the best way to support it is give a couple of dollars a month to the Snowcast on Patreon. But also, if you don't have it, like, share, subscribe, tell all your friends. Thanks a million for uh, being with us. So, oh, and let's crack on with the show. Right, uh, yeah, right. So, uh, we were inside in our team there today. We had a beer tasting event called Beer Banter Keologus Crack. Keologus Kint. Yeah, Keologus Kint. A bilingual beer tasting event. Uh, so yeah, we had actually a really good um, reception for it. We had like uh, a lot of people came into us inside at the doors, uh, and just like kind of you know moseying around, like looking for a bit of uh, opinions on, on beers and stuff. And again, we were fucking not experts on beer whatsoever, but we know what we like, and we're after I think we're after learning a good bit, not from like like studying stuff, but actually just from uh, listening to brewers the whole time so like I don't know a lot of stuff that like brewers have said to us has yeah. kind of been like rubbed off like again what Sto- you said stuff me- off Mike as well like you know just like the great thing is like sometimes we'd be here and Declan being here from Yellowville you'll have a pint with him and chat and you get some fucking gems off him when you're talking about something beers and then you just pick stuff up as you go yeah I think actually uh, like something that uh, I learned from I did like wine tasting when I was over in uh, in Chile and um, when I was there, like one thing that I learned from it was just like, just say what you fucking taste like, regardless yeah. of like if it's right or wrong. Like, like everyone's palate is different. Yeah, and like you might just get a, a, a hint sometimes. So like, 
was I tasting last night? Uh, actually, how much up here? Uh, I think it was. Oh yeah, it was the Galway Bay buried at sea milk stout. So when I was when I was smelling it, right, uh, and I was like trying to get, I was trying to get a smell off it, and like I was like looking online and stuff, and I was like, oh, you know, coffee and chocolate, or whatever, right? And I was like, there is that bit of coffee, but I was like, there's something fucking else. Yeah. Here. I was like, this really, really reminds me of something, right? Next minute I go. Fucking licorice all sorts. <laughs> like obviously, like the ban of licorice all sorts often. Yeah. It's like, and like maybe like I wasn't maybe like that bad. But like it is that thing like that. You open in a bottle over a bag of open licorice all sorts. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Where am I getting this from? Yeah. No, I, I fully understand where you're coming from. Like like. Today we promote, we, myself and I picked three random beers out and we're trying to do a broad diversity of beers that we want to showcase for the tasting in our King stores. And then to celebrate Independent Beer Week, people were asking us about other types of beers and what, trying to tell us what they like and we were trying to map an equivalent craft beer to the macro that they like. Um, so I, I had, um, on my end, I displayed the Hellas Lager from Narkin's beer in Kildare because Hellas Lager is a really good gateway beer to people who aren't used to craft beer and just want to develop their palate that, that bit and kind of venture into it with an open mind but they don't think that they can take the I suppose the more powerful flavours of uh, pale, American Pale Ale, Indian Pale Ale and, and, and beyond that. Um, I also threw out um, the gingerbread beer from Ballycleckhaven which I think is a very good festive beer and actually a good few of them sold today. Um, People, people were really interested in that. I thought that would might be the one that would garner least interest in the middle of summer. There's an awful lot of people really interested in that. And um, it's a gingerbread beer. There's only a light, light touch of ginger in it, but it's very cinnamony, I think, very festive. That's kind of, yeah, a bit of spiciness to it. Um, and, and it's a fairly clean finish. Like There's not too much bitterness in the finish. And then the last one that I had up um, was the Scraggy Bay by, um, by Kinnegar in Donegal. And we actually sold out of it today. Um, and it is really hoppy, real intense, real herbal, and it's fucking delicious. Like I could have drank it all day. Uh, I pretty much have. Um, it was a nice aroma also, actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was like a. I suppose it was like it was like last bank holiday. It brought me back to bank holiday weekend May last year when we were on over in the dam. Self for self, son and dad. Yeah, yeah, bang your coffee shop off it, but in a good way, in a good way. Ah, it's a brilliant aroma off it, lovely taste, full of fruit, fruit flavour. So, oh, and you had a couple of beers as well. You yeah, are. so I had um, Mine Ahead by um, the Dungarvan Brewing Company. So I mentioned that, that Galway Bay buried a sea one there, which was a, a stout. A mid stout, yeah. And, and that was fucking, that was delicious, really. Like, lovely coffee taste off it, like really chocolatey and stuff. Pretty smooth, but... Um, but I had by John Garden I had that mine head and that was an American head uh, that was probably really kind of fruity and I, I really like I was like six away on that at home but mm-hmm. I actually I actually think like I've been on the beer now comparing to that event so like normally like I come in with like one or two beers and I go home but like uh, like actually the last day or so I've done a vlog and like I think I'm actually I think I'm I'm, I'm like just like trying to uh, defer this hangover by like, <laughs> yeah. like, pushing it on, yeah, pushing it on, like because I can I can get the kind of creepiness yeah. hangover. But yeah, anyway, that Dungarvan, uh, the mine head, fucking really, really, really nice one. And uh, I also had what's it have? You had uh, the gol- the oh, KPA, right? Yeah. Yeah. 
so, pe- so people who, who regularly listen to Snowcast will know that a couple of weeks ago we recorded in Jeff's bar in Waterford and we were both on the KPA that night I think uh, it's a big favourite of ours and it also was featured on our first ever YouTube video Snowcast Taste which actually the second video has gone down a treat and we hope to record the third Snowcast Taste in store in our Kings next week and have it out to you the week after and have the June episode out in two weeks time um, really enjoying doing the videos in our King Food quality food stores and really want to just state for the record like they've been absolutely fucking brilliant with us so thanks so much to Arkeen for inviting us in today having us and like let's be honest putting up with us because we went to the Cove Bar today and had a few points before we went in there and uh, we showed up a couple of points in and uh, there was laughter flowing through the aisles of Arkeen quality food stores for two hours this afternoon yeah actually like so I th- we had to do a bit of research then for the yeah. beers and stuff that we were promoting there. Well, promoting, but like just getting our voice on really. And but uh, that that KPA by uh, the black black sale, yeah. So in my research on the website, right, uh, their their own website they have. So it's it was Sam and Maudlin and Black back in two thousand and ten. Valentine's Day, she she gave Sam uh, a home brewing tip, right? And then three years later, ended up like open fucking black brewery. And, the, and it's a brilliant it's brewery, not like. A class story, like. So, Neve Kira, if you're listening, Valentine's Day, get us a brew kit. Um, actually, Sonia bought us one for Christmas and we haven't gone near it yet, so maybe we'll do a little snow cast. Actually, if there's, any, if there's any brewers out there that like to yeah. give us a lash just bring out a, a, a limited bring edition. Bring out a limited edition brew we're well up for it. Um, absolutely. And look, uh, I just want to say as well that I uh, really enjoyed the time in Arkeen there today. Had a good laugh. Um, and the whole point of this is Indie Beer Week. Uh, Irish Independent Beer are celebrating Indie Beer Week this week and there are some fantastic Irish craft beers out there. So again, tying in with everything with supporting local, support local beer, support local produce, which Arkeen Poly Food Source is all about. And uh, you can't go wrong with local, just looking, look after the local lads, because you know what, we actually have some of the best produce in the world here in Ireland. And uh, if you are visiting Ireland from abroad and you're one of our overseas listeners, absolutely go going home for local stuff, because it is top notch. So uh, yeah, lads, that's been just the two of us for now. We've got a couple of friends coming We're out to join us. Here. Yeah. It, could be, it could be just the two of us. It yeah. could be just the two of us after, like we might be cutting this little section out. A couple of mates coming in now to join us for a point and we're going to record a little bit with them. So um, thanks a million for coming on. And also, oh, and I just want to give a little quick shout out tonight to the Port Leash Pub Club. I'm heading up to meet the boys tonight. Peter and the boys here tonight. Uh, going in up there tonight into Cavanagh's Pub. Looking forward to it, lads. We're going out with a crack tonight. Actually, speaking of shout outs, better give a shout out to Fergus McDonald, our uh, newest Patreon subscriber. Newest Patreon subscriber. Uh, so, yeah, he's a subscriber and he's getting his shout out on the. So, the podcast now, so Fergus, there's a clink of the glass to you. Uh, hey! Come on yourself. Back with the boys in a minute. from Yellowbelly in Grady's Yard. It's Stormborn. It is, uh, obviously the name is a play on the surname of Daenerys Targaryen, Daenerys Stormborn from Game of Thrones, because Yellowbelly lads, like ourselves, are big fans of Game of Thrones. 
and it is uh, an IPA. It's a 4.6 or 4.8%. I can't remember off the top of my head. One of in and around that. I think it's 4.6. And um, it's it, it uses a really old hop uh, that isn't used that often now. Uh, Browning Cross crossed with the Hell Melon hops uh, that leaves you with this lovely, vibrant, uh, beautifully finished pale ale. There's a bit of pineapple in it, a bit of blueberry in it. Like it's, it's that kind of yeah, leaves. Bloobs, it's that kind of almost borderline, it's not sweet, it's fruity, but like the most subtle tartness in it, and um, low carbonation as well. So it's not, it's, it's, it's like there's a little, low enough level of carbonation in it, so it's not gassy. So, like, it's actually a lovely, smooth drink to drink, but you get that beautiful, punchy fruitness. So, I'm really fucking enjoying it. Like, they sold out of it last week in 20 hours, and they're getting more kegs in. 20 hours, fastest selling beer they've ever had here. Oh, no. <laughs> I've not been there. Nice. Yeah, you definitely get the blueberry ones. Mm. <laughs> you actually do, like, it's not non it, it is very, very aromatic in the flavour. It's, it's beautiful, it's really nice to drink. Um, and yeah, pity it's a limited edition because, like, that would be a brilliant staple. Yeah, it would be, yeah. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. A subtle level of tartness. Subtle level of tartness. Like, you goes around I just, <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, like many of my ex-girlfriends, that has a subtle level of tartness. <laughs> um, which is why I keep going back to it. Oh. Oh. And uh, 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 myself, I'm drinking castaway, which I've described a million, a million times on podcasts through the years. Oh, finally noticed there's a <laughs> yeah. uh, passion fruit sour from yellow belly bear staple can't go wrong it's fucking beautiful yeah just a tangy like the little star yeah but if you're new to craft beer I wouldn't recommend going straight in with that because it's one that you need to have a little bit of an acquired palate for yeah. it's not it's not the, the most intense of the sours but it's quite a nice sour like. but for people who don't like beer it yes. actually might be a quite, like if you like maybe ciders, like if you like, like quite, I don't know, say if you like sweet ciders or, you know, a kind of a, like a, a different tasting drink to like your general beer, then uh, definitely, yeah. Have a, yeah, it's definitely, like, definitely any of our friends that have come in here with us that don't drink beer, they'll taste, do a taste of the castaway and they will generally tend to enjoy a glass of it, a pint of it. Yeah, a few wines and stuff like that. Yeah. And so, I suppose... Next up is our first proper topic of the show, um, and today, it, well, yesterday was um, the, the uh, elections. So we have local elections, European elections. We had a website here in Waterford. I think it was also in Cork and Limerick yep. for um, whether there should be an elected mayor. And there was also the divorce referendum on reducing the, the number of uh, years uh, for divorce to be legitimized or to be able to go for divorce. The years of separation from four years to two years. So we're just going to go, this sounds a bit boring, like for like, like political chat, but like, I think it's, like, it's quite pertinent in there. It's a bit pertinent, like, and, uh, especially in the current climate. As well. Yeah, this little corner of the world at the moment. When you look at the fact that like there's European elections, like it's mad that there's European elections taking place in Britain after they voted to leave Europe but haven't agreed how they're going to leave. 
and now all of a sudden they have to vote new representatives in Europe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's a bit mad. Uh, and also you had Theresa May quitting yesterday as well. So it's probably it's quite topical at the moment. We're going to release this podcast like this is Saturday. We're going to release it some Monday. So it is quite topical. Like it's it's boring, but like it's kind of like uh, someone said to me like during the week when they listened back to last week's episode of Finn, they were like, "Geez, I always found history boring," but like that wasn't boring to listen to at all because yeah, 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 you were talking about over points in a different in a non-academic fashion. So yeah, absolutely, fucking. I suppose. Uh like so far with like the exit polls and stuff it, it, it shows that uh, like where elsewhere in Europe where like there has been maybe uh, sort of uh, rebellious nature that has caused uh, quite a, like a populist uh, like right uh, a right wing kind of uh, reaction to things whereas here it seems to be the, the opposite yeah. I, I, I mean I saw a really interesting headline yesterday that was like that basically Netherlands, the right, the right in Netherlands has basically collapsed on these elections and very much like people vo- like voted very anti-right, which I think is a great thing obviously because I, I, I don't belong on the right side of politics at all. I mean like from R-I-G-H, not correct like side of politics are, is there a correct side? But that was really encouraging and here now like you see like the European elections the Green Party seemed to have like basically been huge, massive gains. I'd like to, I don't think they got a single TD elected in the general election two years ago. Yeah, well, yeah. Whereas now all of a sudden they've probably got four MEPs based on exit polls. Like this po- podcast will be published when the results are out, more recorded before they are officially out. But it looks like they're going to have it, four out of eight MEPs are going to be from the Green Party and like. I think yeah, I think it's really important. Like, I think uh, like there's been like such a reaction to. Like, climate change. I think that's the big issue that uh, the Green Party has pushed and that uh, everyone is, is reacting to. That like, like, there's nothing that we can do on, yeah. uh, there's nothing that we can do on a local level. Like, we're recycling, we're fucking going to bottle banks, we're, you know, we're, we're doing as much as we can without like being, yeah. being, being ludicrous. But like, these, like, these pressures need to be coming in at a European level and at a national level. So like, there needs to be like bigger incentives for changing over to like electric cars if that's the thing. Or, yeah. Or, or I've seen I've seen like the immediate reaction to the excess polls and comment sections of Facebook, Twitter, and other bits of social media is all great. The Greens that'd be more carbon tax and one be paying two euros a liter for petrol and diesel and stuff like that. And I kind of I'm, I'm kind of like yeah, but like you know, Fine Gael brought in USC ten years ago as a temporary measure and it's still here now. Yeah. Even though austerity is ended. By all, by their, they've, they're championing that austerity has ended. Yet we're still paying universal social charge for a tax base, yeah. and it was only ever mentioned that it was be a, a do you know. So like, a if you're going, if, if you're yeah, going to say, yeah. oh my god, they're going to carbon tax. Well, carbon tax actually is a good idea because if you can uh, tax, tax, introduce a carbon tax and then counterbalance that with uh, incentives to reduce your carbon footprint, as in tax credits on the other side, then it neutralizes itself. Whereas like USC is just a general taxation that t- like, takes it out of everyone. But that's the problem with these things. Like the fucking, like the USC, like let's say, it's like a one-sided tax. Like, yeah. where, where, like where are you getting the return on the other side? And it's the same with the sugar tax, right? Yeah. Like, like we're getting like a sugar tax put in on, like it's fizzy drinks at the moment. Yeah. Like, but that'll increase the other items in the future, right? 
But where is where's the incentive? Where is the reduction in price of fruit and vegetables? Where is... Where exactly. Is, do you know where, where is are, the... Are, 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 are farmers who are producing fruit and vegetables getting tax credits? Yeah. Are they getting incentivized? Are they getting tax credits on buying uh, better machinery to, I suppose, increase their output? So, like, it's, it's this kind of balance where, like, it's easy to sit down and say, oh, my God, you voted for the Greens. They're going to introduce higher carbon taxes. Yeah, but if they introduce... Um, Basically, if they can introduce like serious tax credits to say like all of a sudden you pay less VAT on uh, uh, electric car, for example. Yeah. So you're going to get every time you buy an electric car, you get say four grand tax back as a rebate. Yeah. Because you purchase electric car, if you can genuinely demonstrate that you implement the cycle to work scheme every single day, then you get an extra say two grand a year in your tax credits. Yeah. Well then fucking pay your extra carbon tax all you want I drive a diesel car at the moment I don't want to drive a diesel car I don't want my next purchase to be a diesel car you kind of have to at the moment out of necessity because you don't have enough charging points you don't have this and other see that's another but thing as well. it needs to be, exactly. needs to be that infrastructure that puts in and, and how do you fund that infrastructure it's the only true taxation yeah and what do you do do you increase the corporate tax rate then to fund that because if you increase the corporate tax rate then do you decrease uh, foreign direct investment in an area where Brexit is happening, and where are as much as like us as people who like endorse the Irish language and love the Irish language, like sometimes I load to admit it, we are an English speaking country. Ultimately, uh, if Britain does leave the EU, then we are the, the English speaking country left in the European Union. Yeah. So, like, there are pros and cons to everything. Like, if you're only respond, if you're going to be negative with the Green Party getting into Europe and say, yeah, but they're going to increase carbon tax, it's fairly narrow minded. Like, there are so many other taxes out there that are unjust. And an equal, and a carbon tax for me is just and equal. Yeah, I like it. Uh, so yeah, the EU for the green, like you know, go green for the yeah. EU. I think, I think it's, um, it's definitely like something that we should look into. Like this fucking, like, like, like the environment is being destroyed. I mean, it impacts everyone in every corner of the world because if like. I know people say, oh, but if you vote for the Greens, like, what difference does it make if Ireland reduces its carbon emissions? It's grand to say that, like, and it's grand, but, like, if, if we can set, set the example and everyone else can follow suit, then we actually have a chance. One thing's for certain, we're ruining the fucking planet. Yeah. Well, actually, that, that's a good point there, like, of, like, say, us setting the example and everyone follow suit, because, say, like, the smoking ban in Ireland. Smoking ban. Yeah, like, that, like, that, like, that was such a good, um, such a good invention uh, for for us all. Like, like look at us here now in this pub. Like, I am thoroughly enjoying this clean air environment. Yeah. Like, I used to hate as a kid going into like pubs or like. But even rest, the smell like, off your clothes, like yeah. Remember in restaurants as well, you have like this non-smoking smoking table side. Yeah. And like, if there was no non-smoking tables available, like, and you had to be stuck at a smoking table, like stuck at a plume. Plume, like just terrible. Smoking next year, like I say, you know, I love the environment. Yeah. Let's go for it. I'm all for the Green Party, and I, and I, and like, you know what? They were a minor party in a government here in Ireland about 14, 15 years ago, and a government that eventually led to an economic recession. That was part of a worldwide recession, but the major party in that government, Fianna Fáil, were fucking great, and the Greens got an awful lot of slack. And yeah, they endorsed like increased carbon taxes and stuff like that, but like. They got an awful lot of unfair stock in that as well. And, the, and ultimately, the thing with the Green Party is everyone that was involved back then are pretty much gone now. They've got a whole new slew of candidates. Maybe, I don't know. I haven't looked into it in that level of detail. Um, a whole new slew of young, energetic, really enthusiastic candidates. Like Saoirse McHugh is a woman who uh, 
came to fame last year in Ireland went viral last year because of her reactions to certain events on TV um, and 12 months later she's standing for election and um, she's it looks like she's been elected um, for the Green Party and it's just these ins- inspirational people who are using common sense and trying to fight for the environment and you know what if they fucking increase carbon tax increase carbon tax so what if they abolish UC and inc- introduce tax credit incentives to fucking offset it and it makes you be a better human being for the planet. Well, people who have voted for the Green Party know they're voting for carbon taxes. Like, you go in, if you strike down on the ballot and say, I am voting for the Green Party, I mean, you know what you're voting for. Like, none of them are hiding behind, none of them are saying we're not going to increase carbon tax. So if you're part of the population that doesn't like the Green Party, well, we're sorry, but we're happy for them. Yeah, exactly. Simple as that. And Europe is where the Green Party can actually make an effect. Local government, probably not as much. Uh, so, look, look, this is only meant to be great for the people. Yeah. Uh, just as well as like, local government. What do you think local government of like, local councils? Like, what, like, who, who would you say vote for in a local government? I, I, I don't think it makes as much difference when you're in, say, Dublin, where a lot of central government policy directly affects Dublin. A lot of central government policy over the last, certainly in the last government cycle, has neglected the South East. So I think if you're voting for people who are either in local or in central government parties or in parties who are propping up the central government at the moment in the South East, you vote for them. I think you're basically voting for neglection of the South East where we're based as a podcast and where we live and, and vote for about our day-to-day um, jobs and lives. So I think when you're looking at local government, you have to look at what has the central government done and do we need an ulterior local government to actually achieve something? Yeah. And I think you look at, say, it can go both ways. You look at Liverpool in the 1980s where they voted very much for a, a radical left-wing local government and they very much clashed with their right-wing conservative central government and it actually led to a decrease in funding in the area. So it's a tight balance. But that being said, like, like why would you vote for the local the current parties in government at the moment when they have pretty much done nothing for the Saudis to begin with. Yeah, so, okay, my take on like, local government is uh, basically if you're going for someone who's going for like, re-election, just see what they've yeah. done locally and yeah. you know, go for that. But I think ultimately, um, on a local level, you're not going to influence that much yeah. that has been dictated from a yeah. national level. So, like, regardless of what party you are, whether you are the like controlling, uh, like, or if you are part of the party that the majority, is yeah, the majority in government, like, even if you're like, hold on now, what about us? Like, you're not going to have a say yeah. at all, anyway. So, like. I, I don't think it really matters. And, and, and it, is a t- it is a good point because if I was in Cork, definitely the person, if I was to live near Blarney, the person who I think is the absolute best candidate for a local councillor there happens to be with Fine Gael, who I am very anti. Yeah. But I think he would be the best guy for Blarney and the surrounding area. Exactly, yeah. So I would probably, like, I would, I would, without a shadow of a doubt, a hundred times out of a hundred, give, like, Damien Boylan as the candidate, like, I'd give Damien my vote a hundred times out of a hundred. And then in a central in a central government election, I there's no chance in the next one I'll vote Fine Gael. But he's a Fine Gael councillor, then yeah. you know. So it's, well, it's I actually don't think on, on local government it actually matters. Party that politics isn't party as important. Yeah. Doesn't matter that much. So you've basically discredited my whole like spiel earlier, which is fine because you actually made a great point. Yeah. And then I ended up agreeing with you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
so uh, that's politics, kid. Politics, yeah. Um, and then um, what else was there? There was the divorce referendum. So yeah. that was a fucking no-brainer. Like, I mean, for me, like. 81, I think it's 87% to say exposed to smoke. Yeah. Like, I mean, decrease it. Like, what's the. What, yeah. like, I don't see any benefit to polling people in a, in a marriage if they don't want to be in it. Um, nah, the only thing at least is that I own an institute or something. So, like, they, like, they've been on the wrong side of pretty much every argument in our adult lives. Yeah. So, like. Well, in our opinion, the wrong side. Um, like that, I, I also think, yeah, it, it, it's a funny thing, like, because I see, like, in, 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 in like, I saw a sign today, I'm not going to name the person who was running for election, right? But I saw a sign today outside the hospital in Waterford for a local candidate who was a young male in his 20s, I imagine, white male. And there's a big sign like, uh, vote for this person for new ideas. And their leaflet came in our door one day and I just had not I haven't had a look at all the leaflets just to see what they are. I don't agree with the fact that they produce so many fucking mass leaflets and throw them in anyway. Yeah. Even, actually, even I have to say for Green Party, Minimal. Are they yeah. are they repurposing them or what's going on? Like, I hope they are, yeah. I hope they are, like yeah. Um but this particular candidate, the first thing on his uh information leaflet says pro choice. Or pro life, pro life, sorry, pro life. Yeah. And I kinda looked at it and thought like that sign says for new ideas. That's the old idea, like we've gotten rid of that idea. Do you know what? The amount of hip- hypocrisy in there, and I also thought like why are you putting that on a leaflet when we've had a referendum last year and it's taken out the constitution? Yeah. It's, uh, like, the only thing you have to gain from it is bitter old people who voted against it. And it could be a tactic just if I get 9-10% of the vote here, I get on the council. If people do a, yeah. if people do a rebellious vote against, uh, against what was with yeah. voted already. Well, that's uh, it. And then, our plebiscite, so vote for a directly elected mayor. So this is only this is only to do with um, Waterford, Cork, and Limerick county councils. Yep, um, correct. So what do you think? What do you make of it? So the whole premise of it is, uh, at the moment, uh, councillors get paid. 30 something thousand a year uh, before tax and the council is made up of however many councillors and then the councillors each year vote a new Lord Mayor in and that Lord Mayor has a term of one year and naturally enough voting by the councillors so it very much depends on councillors who have voted in as to who will get in to be a Lord Mayor and then in a term of Lord Mayor you only have 12 months Whereas the whole thing is, if you vote a directly elected Lord Mayor for five years, pay him 120 grand a year, which is a big jump, I will admit. But the counter argument to that is, you're not going to get someone who's going to be freaking good enough to do a significant job from less money. Um, I think directly elected more. If you want change at local level, and you have to consider what can you change at local level. Change at local level is like infrastructure stuff like that. If you want all that kind of stuff to take. Place. Very little happens in 12 months politically, and the amount of time it takes for these people, for these public corporations to move paperwork and shit like that, and actually get stuff over the line. You can get a new Lord Mayor in 11 months' time who has no interest in building another bridge at May Park, or no interest in building you know, another access point to the city, or trying to decrease the bottleneck of traffic coming into the city. Yeah. That might be on their agenda. Their agenda might be 
you know, increase in urban development and urban sprawl or something. So then all of a sudden you've done all this work for one thing and a new person comes along with new priorities. So they start working on this and then they don't have the time to implement that. And nothing actually ends up being fucking done. And you end up with these uh, semi-developed developments that we have now. You end up with one access point to the city from one side. So I, I'm much in favour of it. I think uh, Lord Mayor five years, I think you have to pay them good money if you want to get good candidates. I think directly elected, then they are actually accountable. And if you put in place methods that mean that they can be removed if they're not doing an adequate job at short notice, yeah, all for it. Yeah. I suppose the only thing I'd say about your point there is that, like, those the mayor at the moment actually has that much of an executive function that they can like withhold, like say, you know, it's not on their agenda or whatever. Yeah. Like, does that actually matter that much? Are they more, are they more of a figurehead like, than anything else? Possibly, yeah, but the, the Lord Mayor is being elected uh, by the councillors, so the council will have pretty much run in line with what the Lord Mayor is looking to achieve. So the Lord Mayor is a reflection on the general yeah. consensus of the council. So if the council has that consensus, that's going to be their outlook and I think if you have a directly elected mayor then everyone holds every, has the capacity to hold everyone to account yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's true. whereas at the moment the Lord Mayor is only accountable isn't accountable to anyone and, it, as, and as you said what's the point in paying a figurehead 30 odd grand a year to swan around in a car and go visit schools and do nothing else well if you guys have a directly elected mayor in wherever you're from let us know how that's getting yeah. on from Carolina to Kathmandu, how are your mayors doing? <laughs> how is your mayor for you? We're looking for ideas, we've no mayor here. Uh, yeah, so um, yeah, that was good, good chat there. Yeah, we, we accidentally talked for 20 minutes about politics and we were like, and literally in the agenda it says brief election chat. Yeah, and uh, so yeah, look, we'll go for a quick break there and see if we Yeah, like, absolutely. Bladder's full, we come back and uh, we'll have a little chat and uh, we'll drive on from there. Thanks a million, lads. Right, we're back in the room there and uh, we had to try and think of a topic quite quickly there. So yeah, we're well, fairly unorganised podcast wise this week because we've been so busy with other things that we're like, yeah. just showed up here today. To, we showed up here after the beard hits just to record the podcast. Just have yeah, a bit of a chat. So, uh, just uh, when we were on the pitch break there, we said, uh, what, what about. Um, What's like? What's your been your like big reactions to um, the end of TV shows? So um, just for I have a point. I have a point. So this has been Stormborn out of the end of Game of Thrones last week. Oh Jesus! So just before we talk anymore, uh, we will be talking Spider about um, the endings of TV shows. So. so Game of Thrones, I'll definitely bring up Bacon Bad. Yeah, we'll, uh, we'll, there'll be a couple of shows. There'll be a couple of shows. We might just say the shows like distinctly beforehand. Yeah. And then, uh, we'll, uh, I am now talking about. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, yeah, you're on Storm, you're drinking Stormborn here tonight. Yeah. Um, we're. So, spoiler alert for Game of Thrones, if you haven't seen the end of it, Daenerys dies in the last episode. <laughs> um, Firstly, I want to point out, have you seen the Jimmy Kimmel April Fool's prank with uh, the, girl, the actress who plays Arya Stark? Maisie Williams. Maisie Williams. So, uh, for, the, for the Jimmy Kimmel show, before the new series was launched, there's this thing where she's like, to the live audience, obviously Jimmy Kimmel's recording in front of a live audience, and Maisie Williams is like, um, 
Yeah, it was fairly emotional recording the last series. Like, obviously, Arya dies in episode two, and then she's like, oh my god, she's like, you can't release that. Oh my god, I hope they're not recording. Like, I will, like, she was like, I'm going to get in so much trouble, and she starts, like, pretend crying. And Jimmy Kimmel's like, oh my god, we can, like, we can start recording again. And Jimmy Kimmel's like, like, so I'm here with Maisie Williams, and he's like, and then she's like, I'm sorry, and then she runs off. So then Jimmy Kimmel looks at the audience, like, oh my god, like, what are we going to do? So he walks over to the curtain, and then the curtain pulls back, and they're like, April Fools! Oh, so good. Arya Stark does not die in the second episode of the final series of Game Oh! Um, and also, just if you look up, go on to Twitter right now. When you're finished this podcast, go on to Twitter. Go into the search bar and just search Arya Knife Switch. It is the greatest, and apparently she's left-handed. She does a nice switch right hand. Like the amount of hours you need to put in to perfect that. So, again, spoiler: she kills the Night Queen, Night King, King with a nice switch of hands and a little quick chip. Yeah. Well, so. I, I was reading an article there today. So anyway, right. We were disappointed. Yes. Oh, very much. We, we were in the disappointed category. Not in the so disappointed we're going to sign a fucking petition category. No, but just, just on the fact that it's like, like we're going to talk eight, eight seasons, eight yeah. years of this whole thing. Uh, like nine years. It's like I think a year and a half break between two of the, two of the things. But, like, I'm saying, like, you could have just... It's a bit like, for me it was like, it, it wasn't a terrible ending, it wasn't as bad as people are making out, but it was bad. And it was so good up to that point that it was blatantly, the last two episodes were blatantly rushed. And they were trying to force this ending on, and it just felt to me a bit, like rushed is the only word to describe it. Uh, poorly thought out, and it's only poorly thought out relative to how much in-depth thought it went into every other part of the rest of the series. Well, that's because George R. R. Martin had directed the other series yeah. just like thought out and he had everything like laid out. Whereas, it, for me, it definitely seemed as if he was just like, look, lads, I, yeah. like, I have the hit points here that I know how the series of purpose was going to end. And this, this is in my head what it's going to end. It's going to end as Bran is going to get on the throne. Bran the Broken. Bran the Broken is going to get the on the throne. Just gonna sail off to the restaurants. Yeah. Like, uh, uh, like, and like, just have like a few hit points that they told the lad, right? And instead of the lads being anyway inventive and like taking the thing as their own, like that, uh, they just end up being like, yeah, grand. We'll take those hit points and we'll just do those. Squash them in. Rush, rush through those and away. <laughs> so it's a rather class uh, article today from Maisie Williams, right? And she was saying. And she was reading the final script, right, of Game Thrones. She was just like, like, she was like, I thought the character arc of Arya Stark was going to be, like, to kill Cersei. Finish yeah. the, like, finish her hundred percent. Right? right, and she was like, I thought I should be one to kill Cersei, even if it meant that I have to die. Right? Yeah. So, she was saying, which I think is class, right? Would have been cast if she killed Cersei, and then Jamie came in and jibbed her like. Right, but her, her... That would be good, right? But she was saying that her uh, vision while reading the script was herself and Cersei down in the crypts at the end, right? With the, like, with, with, like, the fucking no passage out, the whole thing crumbling around, right? She goes to hold Jamie, 
he pulls off, she pulls off the fucking Jamie mask. Like, she's wow. the person of many faces. Fucking, like, has that like, point. Yeah, both of them die down. But like, that would have been fucking so cool. But no, just... Yeah. I think I think it was very rushed. I, I I would counter. I would disagree with you on one point. I, you said the lads weren't inventive and just kind of went along with it. I think they over Americanized it. I'm just I'm just after insulting thirty percent of our listeners, but they over Americanized it in the sense of, um, very rushed, very bland, bit two dimensional, um, and and like some of the better American sitcoms, like like long long not sitcoms. What's the word I'm looking for? TV shows that are, are, are longer in, in nature say for example a similar thing. like Sons of Anarchy has like I love Sons of Anarchy they just kept going on with the character arts like they, they follow the, the plot um, and grand like sometimes you want deviations but I mean come on like wait Jon Snow killing your one is grand like but even even at that like Jon Snow kills Daenerys and like the serious spoilers here Jon Snow kills Daenerys and then like the screen goes black and then it's like three weeks time and they're all like, meeting around the table and like how was he apprehended and blah 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 it's ah uh, like but to be honest with you I just thought like myself and Eve watched it together and we just kept laughing at the fact that he was called Brandon Broken and that was the only actual fucking entertaining bit of it and to counterbalance that with a show that I thought lost itself a bit in the middle yeah counter balance that with a show that I thought lost itself a bit in the middle but ended on an absolute fucking bombshell was Breaking Bad yeah. like there, there was there was elements of series 3 and series 4 Breaking Bad that were thrown out a bit and dragged out and a so bit boring again, for the listeners we are now talking about Breaking, Breaking Bad. Bad sorry I didn't do it <laughs> we are now talking about Breaking Bad uh, if you haven't seen Breaking Bad uh, grand if you're going to only start it off right now what you'll probably hear you'll have forgotten by the time you finish but if you're in the middle of it and you're about to finish it probably stop and come back to this episode later on and see if you agree with us uh, the end of Breaking Bad like is to be honest with you like Walt uh, Walt is one of the greatest characters I've ever come across in a TV series um, I've never come across a character that I've wanted to succeed so much and hated so much in the one breath yeah, yeah, yeah. and the writing of Breaking Bad and the but well, not just the writing of because the writing of Game of Thrones is ingenious but the directing of Breaking Bad yeah. throughout is fantastic and I think the writing lets it down in the middle but the directing still plays up to it yeah and it's like last night I was talking to my brother Mark uh, one stage last night about Breaking Bad and he mentioned the Flea episode and he was like what the fuck is that about and I said actually the Flea episode for me was one of the most intriguing ones because it just showed Wall's fucking psychological fragility because he's so on edge the whole time that yeah. just something so small as a flea can set him off and bring him off on a tangent and make him more fucking cracked but ultimately if you just suck the task like he'd become like he'd make a shitload of money and everything would be smooth yeah and it was Wall's uh, mental cracks that ultimately gave it the story around. like that's the story is Wall's mental fragility that's what the whole series is about like oh it's amazing though but like even like I, I was watching um I think it was like coming up towards the end of it there. I know, it was just after the end of it came out. And uh, they released a video of um, Walt and Jesse, Brian uh, Cranston, and. Uh, uh, Paul. Uh, Chris Paul is a basketball player. Uh, no, Jesse Pinkman is. Ah, oh, fuck me. 
Anyway, Jesse, right, so it's two of them. I follow him on Twitter. Are, reading the, um, the end line of, of Breaking Bad, so they're in a room together and they're like, it's, it's them, record, like them being recorded of them reading the script and like, you can just see like, Wall's like, face where he's so excited by the whole thing and he's just like, you know, he's just, like there's a bit where he's just like, and you know, the turret comes out of the car and he's like, like, yeah. like and he's reading it and like, can see him like bringing his hand up in the air and like like even like like he's nearly directing the thing whereby like he's like envisioning his hand as a turret and he's like nearly picturing what the scene is going yeah. to be like and like you can see the smile on both their faces and they're so fucking incredulous by the whole thing and saying like this is like basically such a great way to end the whole thing like no one but that was so it I like where where it sounded like a complete uh, counterpoint to like Maisie Williams where where she was like you know, it's, you know, like she was like, it's a good ending for Arya, but like, you know, I would have preferred if, you know, and then. But and the, the thing about it was was like, Game of Thrones has some amazingly strong female characters. Yeah. And yet, it's the weakest male character ends up on the throne. But that that doesn't bother me. That doesn't. It that, doesn't bother me as much. That, does, that doesn't bother me as much. But it's like it's the fact that like and and Arya was sent out to sea. Yeah. That's you know and that's the that's the end of her like story. Yeah. Of, like, and and I think they tried to cover it up by putting the fucking the Stark banner on the ship as if to say like she's in charge of this like. And I was kind of like no she's fucking off like whereas like and and, and like in fairness um, the other Stark girl. Um, Sansa, like, Grant, she's now queen of the north and something like that. I, I, I thought that was a fitting ending for her. Yeah. But I think Sansa's pretty much, Sansa's the only one who really got the ending that they deserved out of it, out of all of them, you know? Yeah. Everyone else, was, it was a bit kind of like, and I'm directing the film. Even like, 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 even like, like, John, whatever about like, okay, give him a sad ending or whatever, like, that's fine. Well, like, don't give him a pointless ending of like, Yo, know, thrown back up to the night's watch chair. For what? What's he? What's he watching? Nothing. Nothing like this. Nothing for him to watch. I genuinely, I like, I genuinely thought when they were all walking out into the woods at the end of the thing, that like they w- it would skip to like another part of the the beyond the wall, and there would just be like a dead body that would open a blue eyes or something, and that would be the end of it. And then that would have been a fucking mind blowing ending, like. We're gonna have to we're gonna have to tag this bit as uh, Game of Thrones and Breaking Bad. Yeah, spoiler, spoiler, spoiler left, right, and center. Um, well, here, compared, yeah. compared, compared to the ending of other shows that you watch, like uh, that you get really invested in, because Game of Thrones is something that people have been heavily invested in for a decade. Yeah, it's, it's so so like you can't say oh it's only a show. Like people have people have genuinely been heavily invested in this for a decade. I only came to it about two years ago. Uh, I watched the first series when it came out first and I never came back to it until Sonia, Queen of the Snow, forced me to watch it. It was like, you have to watch this. Like, um, when I watched it and I got really into it, I just think like, I remember when I finished it and it was like a year to the final series and I was like, oh fuck, like, I probably should have hold off six, seven months and watched it then. But I had this impression of it in my head and the last series, like, while I didn't think the start of the last series was as bad as people made out, the end of the last series, I think, is genuinely terrible, and I just feel a bit let down. I feel I feel like they've rushed it, and they did in six episodes. It was, was yeah, it? Yeah, six. Yeah. They did in six. What they 
they've tried to fit 10 episodes really into six and that's and it, and it comes across yeah have you ever watched the sopranos uh i've watched bits of it i have never seen it true and i i it's something that i have always intended to watch and just every time i go to watch it every time i go to try and watch it i end up putting something else on so madman i'm in the middle of now at the moment yeah, yeah, yeah. And that was supposed to be a soprano slot, and Mad Men just showed up, and I was like, everyone says Mad Men's great, I'll watch that. So, I won't end, I won't ruin the ending of Soprano's But please don't, because I'm one of the, I like. But, it is very, uh, <laughs> When I go, you can add it to the, you can record yourself. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I know, it's here, I know. But, yeah, no, that is very divisive. I absolutely love the end of Soprano's most artistically, like, Amazingly, in show, it, but it's one of those. It's one of those like yeah. in exactly. It's like no, like no definite answer. Yeah, thing, like, it, it brings you on to a certain point as well. Uh, there are certain shows that know when to end. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, voices are like I can't remember five or six seasons. Now, I think it depends yeah. on yeah, and it depends. It depends on the show. Like Friends went for what twenty seasons. Well, ten, there's only it's actually ten seasons. It's only 10 seasons of Friends, but it ended when it should have ended. Yeah. If they did any more, it would have fucked it. If they did any less, it wouldn't have had certain elements that endears it to you. But there's so many there's so many prevalent characters in it to redeem it yeah, in a certain yeah. sense. Every episode has a redeeming feature. I whereas I think like you look at certain things have gone on too long, and I don't think Game of Thrones went on too long, I think just rushed ending. And I know that there was parts of that that was the actors that want to be cast tight and stuff that but it genuinely brings you on to like certain certain things went on far too long and that's part that's a bit of an issue like um 100 on board with that but like that's a bit of tv chat we haven't we haven't tried tv in a while actually so yeah. it's uh, it's good to have a chat about that and then um, sure look should we call it a day at that yeah we'll be back next week with a another episode of the snowcast thanks a million for tuning in uh, like we said earlier on in the episode please uh, like us on Facebook follow us on Instagram Twitter share our stuff 5 star rating on iTunes uh, on let, let, let your friends know support us on Patreon you can support us for less than the price of coffee a month a cup of coffee a month $2, two dollar, uh, for the uh, tipsy tear $5 for the leery tear we think it's good value for money uh, thanks a million on part and word for the listeners uh, the father's here to collect so I'm off Good luck Liam on the ball kid Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, 
Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.